Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to all our listeners in the U.S. and around the world on this Tuesday, June 6th, 2017. I'm Jackie Laura Jones with you here for True Forgiveness Teachings on Blog Talk Radio, where we talk about the spiritual thought system, A Course in Miracles, what it is, and so importantly, how to apply it in our everyday lives. So my guest today has helped thousands upon thousands of people all over the world do just that, understand it and apply it. We may take a question or two at the end of our discussion today, so we're going to see how we're doing on time. But my guest today has had a profound impact on my own understanding of this purely non-dualistic message and teaching that is A Course in Miracles. He's the best-selling author of the Disappearance of the Universe trilogy, which it's kind of become known as (laughs) Disappearance of the Universe is the first book. It has been translated into 23 languages. He has spoken in 30 countries and 44 states and multiple times in those 30 countries and 44 states. So his highly anticipated fourth book, The Lifetime When Jesus and Buddha Knew Each Other, A History of Mighty Companions, has a release date of November 14th, guys, of this year, and it's currently available for pre-order on Amazon. And my guest today also happens to be my brother-in-law. Gary Renard joins me today for the hour. Welcome, Gary. Hey, Jackie. How you doing? <laughs> Excellent. It's so good yeah, to have you on the no show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> long time. We just saw each other. Just had Gary and Cindy and a couple of our good friends over. Mark and I had them over for dinner on Saturday. We had a great time, didn't we? We sure did. It was a really good night, and uh, you know, I, I really enjoy getting together with with you guys. Uh, you know, there were so many great people, like your mom and, and the whole family, and uh, Jerry and Michelle, and so many friends of ours that are into A Course in Miracles. It's uh, just fun to get together and compare notes and, and talk about the course and, and all kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's always so fun. I mean, I always say if we could put like a microphone on the wall and, and, and <laughs> play our conversations out for people, they'd be like, oh, my heaven, the heck are they talking about now? <laughs> but yeah, really. anyway, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, it's like uh, we talk about the course, but, you know, we also get into discussions about aliens and, and UFOs. Right. And uh, I was thinking if somebody didn't know any better, if they didn't know us, and what we were talking about, they would think that we were absolutely insane. Of course. <laughs> so, so it's of really course. fun. Uh, because, you know, it's like uh, it's like Shakespeare said. You know, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in people's philosophies. And uh, for most people, yeah. it's just, you know, the, the world is real and, and what I do is real and uh, that's it. And I don't want to hear anything else. And uh, they go through their lives that way. But there's a reality that is just beyond the surface. You know, uh, it's like what we think of as the world. Uh, It's really like a thin veil over the truth. You know, so you've got reality everywhere, which is God and his kingdom. And then you've got the world, which is kind of like covering it over as an illusion, uh, which is all a trick of perception and a trick of the ego, you know, based on separation. And then there's this reality everywhere that is just beyond the veil. If you could learn to overlook the veil and overlook the body and think in terms of oneness like the Holy Spirit does, uh, it could lead to a totally different experience. So uh, we'll probably get to that as we go along. But, uh, you know, for for most people, the world is it. But there's a growing group of people who realize that this isn't it and that there's something much greater available. You're right, and it is a growing group of people, and I mean growing, and you know that more than anyone because of your extensive travels. And 
people are just really, there's just a huge awakening going on. And, and I'm even, I'm getting all these emails about people that have either, you know, uh, found your books or they've found my podcast, they've found the course in general. And it's just becoming, it's really interesting. There's just more and more people. And I've gotten tons of inquiries about this episode if you're going to say anything about your fourth book which everybody is really excited about what can you tell us before we get into our discussion about breaking free from this dream of duality wow well uh i'm not going to say too much about it because uh there are surprises uh in the book Sure. And I, I don't want to give away any, any surprises, but I did release uh, the table of contents when I made the announcement uh, about the book uh, yeah. last week, and, and I'll be doing that again. But uh, really what it's about are the incarnations that uh, Jesus and Buddha shared with each other before they were Jesus and Buddha. Because I always wondered, you know, how did Jesus get to be Jesus? You know, how did Buddha get to be Buddha? What things did right? they uh, study and what disciplines were they into before uh, their final lifetimes? And uh, so I finally asked Arden person because, you know, I, I just had so many other things that I wanted to talk to them about over the years. But I finally got into that subject, and they gave me more than I bargained for. <laughs> hey, I... <laughs> They, uh, you know, kind of like told me, well, look, we, we should do a book about this. And I didn't even know if there was going to be a fourth book. I remember you but, said that. Uh, they, I know. Yeah, but they said, well, look, uh, you know, there's too much uh, here. Let, let's make a book out of it. And uh, then they ended up, you know, telling me about all these lifetimes when Jesus and Buddha were together going back to like 700 B.C. and uh, being Shintos in Japan and being with Lao Tzu in China, and uh, later there were Hindus together uh, in India, and after that they were together with Plato, and uh, then after that uh, there's uh, Buddha and his son uh, Siddhartha, and I won't say uh, too many details, but they end up together uh, at the time of Jesus, 2,000 years ago. And uh, Arden first actually mentioned in the uh, first book that Buddha actually had one more lifetime after he was Buddha. That's right. And uh, this book reveals that and exactly who he was and what his relationship was uh, with Jesus. And all these things fit together. And one of the things that strikes me about the book is how uh, the masters who taught these disciplines, all of them, were aware of non-duality. They were aware that the world wasn't real and that there was a reality that was a constant that never changed that is real. So they all knew that, uh, but usually what happens, and this certainly happened with Jesus, is that the world then takes their teachings, distorts them, and makes the world real all over again. So instead of having uh, that non-duality, or in the case of Jesus, they make a distinction, my teachers do, about pure non-duality. What that is, is exactly what A Course in Miracles is saying. It's saying that only God and his creations are real, and that nothing else is. And of course, uh, you know from the books that they say the absolute truth is God is. And I think that that part is easy enough for people, that God is. The problem that they have is understanding that nothing else is. Right. You know, that, that only right. God is. That's right. And that's why uh, A Course in Miracles says, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. And it's uh, relentlessly uncompromising about that, yet it's still very hard for people to get. And what my teachers, through the stories of Jesus and Buddha and the various times that they spent together, was they really hit people over the head with a sledgehammer when it comes to the difference between non-duality. I can't see how anybody could read this book and not want to stick to non-duality. I, I don't see yes. how they could possibly read it and not not want to stick to it. And I think ultimately that's the purpose 
uh, of the book and why my teachers wanted to do it was because they really wanted to drive that home to people uh, because if they don't do that, they're wasting a lot of time. And uh, we know that A Course in Miracles doesn't claim to be the only way uh, to get home to God, but I think it's fair to say that it does claim to be a fast way. Yes. And uh, when it says things like the miracle can substitute for learning that may have taken thousands of years, it means that. But the miracle is a kind of forgiveness that doesn't make it real, that doesn't make what you're forgiving real. If you make it real, uh, first of all, you'll end up being at the effect of it. Uh, When people are upset by the world, they're upset because they're making it real. If they weren't making it real, they wouldn't be upset. Right. So it's a key... A component of the Course's brand of forgiveness to not make it real and not forgive people because they really did it, but forgive them because they haven't really done anything because, hey, this is your dream. And the dream is not being dreamed by somebody else. You know, the Course says nobody can wake up from a dream that the world is dreaming for him. You know, uh, you have to kind of like get in touch with the fact that you're dreaming in order to wake up. Because there's kind of like a a phase of lucid dreaming on a big scale that comes about with the Course. Uh, At one point, the Course says that awareness of dreaming is a function of the miracle worker. I love that. Yeah, yeah, you become more aware of the fact that you're dreaming as you go along. And as you do, and as you realize that it's your dream, you're less at the effect of the world because you're not investing your belief in it. And uh, the power of the mind is so great, and the power of belief and the power of decision are so great that whatever people invest their belief in, that's what will affect them. And oh, if you believe so in the world, it will, it will affect you. And uh, when you're at the effect of it, it can hurt you. But the truth is, if there's anybody in this world that can hurt you or make you feel bad is because you've given them the power to do that. And you've given them the power to do that with your belief. And what A Course in Miracles does is it takes that belief back and it puts it where it belongs. And where it belongs is with God and his kingdom. And the more that you shift the power of your mind and the power of your belief to the Holy Spirit thought system, which speaks for God, uh, instead of the ego thought system, which speaks for the world and separation, uh, the more you do that, the more your experience will start to change. And uh, it's a better experience. You know, it really is more fun to be spirit than it is to be a body. You know, <laughs> it and, is. And the, the irony is you can still have your life, too, because the Course doesn't call for sacrifice. And it doesn't ask you to give up anything, not physically although you are loosening your psychological attachment to it to the point where uh, the movie hasn't changed. You know, this screen that we're watching that we call the world, uh, like the Course says, enlightenment is but a recognition. It's not a change at all. It's not asking you to change your life or give up anything. And there's an irony, too. The irony is you may have a better life, but we'll get to that. The point is that now you're looking at it with the Holy Spirit, which means you're kind of like what the Course calls above the battleground. You know, you're not stuck in it, and you're kind of like observing it, and you're observing it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, and you're practicing forgiveness, and nobody would even know that you were doing that unless you told them. That's right. It's all about what you're thinking. It's done in the mind. (laughs) Yes, this is all done at the level of the mind. And uh, in doing that, uh, my teachers told me in the, in the first book, they said, you know, Gary, you could do this the rest of your life and, and not tell anybody if you don't want to. Sure. And they were kind of like uh, being nice to me because they knew that at that time that they were talking to me that I, I was extremely shy. And yes. uh, even though they told me uh, we were going to do a book, you know, that wasn't my dream. I mean, my dream as a musician would have been to write a hit song. You know, I, I would have loved to have written <laughs> a hit song. <laughs> Yeah, and, Don't retire uh, the song in Hawaii. Would, yeah, yeah. The song would sell uh, 10 million copies, and I'd move to Hawaii and drink beer. That's right. Yeah, and that was my uh, that was my grand plan. And right. uh, the Holy Spirit is kind of like, uh, no, no, maybe not. Yeah, that's not it. Oh. No, there's something else that you're supposed to do. 
Right. And, uh, you know, I ended up being very happy. But, uh, you know, I remember when the first book came out, I refused to speak <laughs> in public. <laughs> I and, know. Uh, yeah, it's like the first six months that uh, the book was out, I, I didn't uh, speak at all. And uh, people are saying, you know, Gary, uh, great book, but, you know, people have questions about it. And maybe you should answer them, because if you don't, then they're just going to make up their own answers. Right. Uh, so maybe, maybe you should at least uh, go on the record and uh, answer some of these questions. And, you know, I wasn't thrilled about it, but uh, this woman, Vicki Poppy, said, look, you got to do it once, you know. So I'll tell you what, we'll have a workshop at my house. And I figured, well, you know, how many people is she going to have at her house, right? Uh, turned out she lives in a mansion. And uh, she uh, had all these people. <laughs> I love it. this and I'm story. Up, we didn't know you well, yet. I'm up, on, so I'm up on the second floor, right? And I'm watching all these people come. You know, they're walking across the lawn, and they're coming in, and they're getting ready. And I'm thinking, holy crap, you know, it's like, what am I going to do with all these people here? <laughs> and, I, uh, Jackie, I, I was scared to death. I mean, I was walking down the stairs. I didn't didn't think I could make my body move. I didn't think I could make my legs work, you know. <laughs> and I walk in there, and I, I see all these eyeballs. I know. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, thank God I have uh, a good memory. And I remembered these famous words from A Course in Miracles in the English version. It's on page 28. Uh, In the Spanish version, I think they're on page 90. And uh, that's a joke, by the way. I I just uh, spoke uh, (laughs) in two Spanish-speaking places. You've been all over. You've been all over. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, you know, I would say something, and then I realized that the translator was taking twice as long to translate it as what I was saying, and, and then I realized, yeah, I better, uh, you know, speed it up here because we're not going to have enough time to say everything. Right, but, right. Uh, but I'll tell you, the, uh, the Spanish people around the world are really into the course. And the course you have is growing a huge very... Spanish audience. That's true. Yeah, the course is uh, growing fast. And... Uh, you know, for that first workshop, I, I said, and, you know, I'll say the words now because I think it's always helpful to people to hear it because you can use this not just when it comes to speaking. Uh, you can use this in any situation, you know, that you find yourself in in order to teach uh, forgiveness. Uh, the words go, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do, because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. And I said those words, and I felt different because now I wasn't alone. And mm-hmm. I, can't emphasize, I can't emphasize how important it is uh, to join with the Holy Spirit because it changes everything. If you're doing things on your own, you're actually reinforcing the idea of separation in your mind. Yes, but if you're doing things with the Holy Spirit, you're actually undoing the idea of separation in your mind. And I've used those words all over the world, and they've helped me uh, tremendously. And since that first workshop, uh, in the last 14 years, I've seen a lot of changes uh, in the audiences. When I first started I would say it was like 90% women. And uh, most of those women were older women. And as the years have gone on, I'd say on average now, it's probably about 40% men, which was unheard of at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, the audiences have gradually gotten younger, uh, even in America, but even more so uh, overseas. When, uh, When Cindy and I went to Asia, you know, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, mainland China, uh, we had our youngest audiences ever. You know, college That's what students. you guys said. That was That's amazing. People in their 20s. And, and uh, the trip that I just made to uh, Formentera and the Canary Islands and also uh, Amsterdam, there were all kinds of young people there, all, all kinds of people in, in their 20s and even college mm-hmm. students. And, yeah, we, we have the older people, too, and the middle-aged people. But the demographic uh, is really changing, especially around the rest of the world. 
uh, and we're getting younger audiences, and that makes me kind of hopeful for the future because if young people are genuinely interested in this, and they certainly seem to be, then I think that uh, the world is changing, even though you may not see it on the news. Uh, there is an awakening that's going on. Yes. And, uh, you know, you're not going to, you know, see it uh, on television very much because, you know, people on television and the news, they still make fun of spirituality and anything that isn't mainstream, and they still make fun of the idea of reincarnation, and they still, uh, you know, have a condescending attitude about it, but that's not true with the people. Uh, the people know better. Right, and, uh, right. They're, there really is an awakening, and uh, of course, miracles really is spreading, and I see it all the time. And so does Cindy uh, when she comes yes. with me, and uh, you know, it's very encouraging to me. So it's been fun uh, to see the changes over the last uh, 14 years since disappearance came out. And uh, yes, oh my gosh, 14. I, you know, it's so weird. People would don't realize. I mean, when my mom and sister and I read to you, we hadn't met you yet. We were <laughs> blown away by the book. I was promoting it then. <laughs> I continue to I promote it now. But it's just a, it's so interesting how we all then came together and how um, you married Cindy, you became a part of our family, and it just is, it's so interesting the way that all came to be. I wanted to mention one thing. This is an example of giving the day over to the Holy Spirit, and you just said the prayer that I love. You just quoted yeah. it so wonderfully from the Course. Well, I do that before every show that I do, Gary, whether it's on the other podcast or this one. I always just um, give it over. And when I decided to call it, it just popped into my mind how to break free from the dream of duality. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having Gary on. And this could have easily been called how to break the cycle of birth and death, which is the subtitle of your second book, your immortal reality. And I realized that, you know, I was getting little jokes in the dream, you know, when I was given the suggestion of this title, you know, because um, I thought, oh, how, how appropriate. We're breaking this cycle of birth and death that we seem to, we keep dreaming these these lifetimes. And I wanted to ask you if you can comment on something. You touched on it earlier. We can have a better life here, but if you can explain to people that that isn't dependent always on external circumstances, because what forgiveness does is actually undo. It doesn't do anything if we don't undo this unconscious guilt in the mind we can't undo the source of fear right uh that's right in fact uh the course's idea of abundance is a little different than the standard new age idea because you yes. know since i moved out here uh, to california and uh next week makes 10 years that i've been out here and i can't uh, believe it I know, and uh, you know, I, I've met a couple of billionaires since I moved out here. I didn't meet any billionaires in Maine, but I did. I have met a couple <laughs> since I moved out here, and it's interesting that uh, they're still coming from a place of scarcity. You know, they have uh, all the money that they could want. They can get anything they want, and it's still not enough because something is missing. And you hear people say that sometimes. You know, something's missing. Right. Right. And they're right. They're right. There is something missing. And I tell them, well, you know, uh, when it comes to lack, A Course in Miracles says that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. Right. And if, if you could correct that one real lack, that sense of separation, then you'd never feel lack. You would always feel like you were being taken care of. You would always feel like you were being provided for. You would always feel like you're never alone. You know, even if you're the only one in the room, you're not alone. Right. And uh, it would, you know, really take away that sense of lack. Now, what happens as you uh, forgive and undo the ego and undo that sense of separation is that with the ego kind of like slowly disappearing, your mind is being uh, kind of like taken over in a good way by the Holy Spirit. So you yes. have more access, you know, to spirit. Uh, the Course teaches that mind is the activating agent of spirit. You activate spirit in your mind by choosing it. 
you know, so uh, reading those first 15 miracles principles in the course, it says that uh, it says that the miracle heals because it denies bodily identification and affirms spirit identification. Yeah. And you're becoming more and more in a condition of spirit. When you do that, you have uh, a clearer way of getting the things that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, which usually come in the form of ideas. Uh, usually it doesn't come in as an audible voice, although that does happen once in a great while. And to some people it happens a lot, uh, but that's rare. For the most part, the Holy Spirit will give us ideas, ideas that come into our mind. And you get better and better at discerning that. It, it's really uh, an inspired idea. The word inspired comes from the words in spirit. And you have these inspired ideas, and they're very practical. Uh, if you look at the song of prayer section, oh, I love course, it. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's definitely not about getting anything or making anything happen in the world. In fact, uh, it says the secret of true prayer is to forget about the things you think you need, and uh, you just forget about the world and you let everything go into God's hands, and you just get lost in God's love. And I try to do that in the morning. You know, unless I don't have any time. But, you know, all you have to do is think of the Holy Spirit, and you're connected. Like if I'm late for a workshop or something, I'm running out of the hotel room, I'll just say, hey, Jesus, you and me, right? And uh, I know that's you enough. <laughs> it's enough. You see, you're, that's not a choice for the ego when you're remembering to go back to the mind and exercising your power of choice. See, the ego would never let you do that. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why the ego uh, cherishes the body, wants the body right. to be real, and wants you to be an individual with an individual existence, you know, a personal identity, a separate human psyche, a separate mind uh, that is contained within a body. And, uh, you know, it, it's the ego's game, and the ego is very good at it. So uh, you can't really underestimate the ego. At one point, the Course says that the ego is ingenious. Uh in the long run, however, the ego is not a match for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is perfect. It has a perfect plan. And I love that workbook lesson 169 where it explains how the Holy Spirit looked back from the end of time and came up with this plan that would result in everybody uh, awakening. And uh, the ego can't win in the long run because it has one problem. Uh, it's insane. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it can't win against, uh, you know, a perfect thing like the Holy Spirit, which has a plan which it knows is going to work because it looked back from the end of time and saw the whole thing. So uh, the Course technically would tell you that this is all already over. But right. uh, something that we can grasp is that, you know, time, according to the Course, does have an end to it. It's not uh, something that goes on forever. It has an end to it, and it's a happy ending. Right. And, uh, you know, we're all right. going to end up at the same place. We're all going home to heaven. It's a done deal. And the, uh, you know, the paradox of time is that even though it's already happened on kind of like a holographic model, uh, in the linear model, we still have to do it. So uh, yeah. I love that workbook lesson because it tells you about all this stuff. And then comes one of my favorite lines in the course. It says, uh, there's no need to further explain what nobody in the world can understand. You know, I so love I really I, know. I love that line because you know it's like uh you know Jesus Christ would you bring it up for in the first place you know, right, so right 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 but, but at the same time there's a lot of uh, fascinating stuff in there and so it's already happened but we still have to do it and what we have to do and and this is totally voluntary of course because people can hang around here uh, as long as they want. The only yeah. thing I would suggest to them is, is like what uh, you know Ken Wapnick said. You know, this is not the happy world. That's right. And nobody, in the, he said, nobody in their right mind would come here. Right, right, so, right, right. Uh, so you know, well, if you want to hang around here and stay here, well, sooner or later, the way that it's set up, it's all going to turn to crap. You know, that's the way that it's set up. Right. You know, it, it falls apart eventually, even if things eventually. are good. Yes. You know, even if you're living the good life, you know, even if uh, everything's going your way, well, you're still going to die. Right. You know, uh, people ask me in my workshops, you know, they say, Gary, uh, you know, do you have any predictions for the future? And I said, yeah, I have a prediction for the future. We're all going to die. <laughs> right. And, 
and they say, oh. Great. And no, they I know. Not that, what they know. were looking for, but people forget. No. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, people are, it, it, people are so concerned about the future. Well, it doesn't matter what the future is. What matters is what you do with your mind in between now and the time that you do lay your body aside. So uh, I tell people, look, focus on forgiving right now. Don't wait until next year. Uh, don't wait until your next lifetime. You know, this is your opportunity. And besides, if you're doing the course, you know, if you're learning about forgiveness and things like that, then that's pretty good evidence that this is your time to awaken or else you wouldn't be doing this. You know, why would you be learning about forgiveness in the first place? (laughs) You know, the ego doesn't want to learn about forgiveness. No, there's so much resistance. Yeah. Yeah, the, the ego wants to stay 100 miles away from forgiveness. So... If you're doing it and learning about it, then I would say uh, turn it up a notch and really go for it because this is your time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, why uh, why be lackadaisical? Why not be uh, proactive? Because the course is very proactive. You know, people don't realize that at first. You know, it just looks very intellectual, and uh, people don't realize it. It becomes very experiential as you do right. it. And as on top it. of that... Yeah. On top of that, it's proactive because Jesus doesn't just uh, describe the problem like so many uh, other disciplines do. He actually gives you a resolution. He actually gives you a way out, an answer, a way home. And that is this certain kind of forgiveness and uh, the, the discipline and the mind training of the workbook, which completely replaces the thought system of the ego with the thought system of the Holy Spirit. So that is very proactive because it's actively replacing the ego with the Holy Spirit and adopting so the Holy Spirit's thought system. Yep. And so you're gradually switching. You're gradually choosing the Holy Spirit instead of the ego. And that's a process. And uh, you know, it's not going to happen in one year. There's, there's nothing more annoying to a Course in Miracles student, including me, when you get to the end of the workbook and it says this course is a beginning, not an end. <laughs> you know, so I know, it's, it's like, like what? Uh, I mean, well, I thought, okay, I'll go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just going to say, this is, we need help. It's hard to believe because this is one of my favorite things, Gary, in the preface, um, Escape from the Dream. This is why we need help out of the dream. Jay said, Jesus says, when you have been caught in the world of perception, You are caught in a dream. You cannot escape without help because everything your senses show merely witnesses to the reality of the dream. God has provided the answer, capital A, the only way out, the true helper. If we just remember, this is very helpful to me, that the body's eyes were made to see form, Our brains are part of the body to process what the senses show us. So we think that that's real. So I often say to people, we don't have to feel like guilty or bad or judge ourselves, but just recognize, wow, no wonder I think everything out there is real. Like you said earlier, that ego is ingenious in this plan, wasn't it? So we look out to the at the world, and as we know, Christ's vision is really spiritual sight. It's experienced only in the mind. Everything is mind and has nothing to do with what we perceive with the body's eyes. But the beauty of what you were talking about, about how the Holy Spirit, of course, in miracles, replace, helps us replace one thought system with the other, is just as much we believe that the world is real we start to believe that it isn't. We, we get to the point where you, you can't believe it. You just don't believe that it's real. That's the part of the mind, right? Yeah. Boy, that is so true. Yeah, it reminds me of something I just want to mention for a minute. Uh, about uh, eight years ago, after Cindy and I got married, she started coming to more workshops. Right. And, uh, you know, she uh, didn't say anything. You know, she would sit in the back and... Uh, I remember my first workshop here in California was at uh, UCLA, and Cindy sang a song at the beginning, mm-hmm. and that was it. 
I and then uh, the next the next year uh, it was she did like two songs. You know, then the next year she did speak for about five minutes. Then the next year it was like ten minutes. You know, then the next year it was like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. The next year it was like a half an hour. Building and, up. Uh, yeah. And it's been really interesting to me to watch Cindy uh, become an excellent teacher. Uh, she sure of is. course. I mean, if you saw her, uh, you know, last weekend in Canada, I mean, she was just clear as a laser beam, so relaxed, uh, so good. She has, like, uh, improved exponentially. She has, she has just become a wonderful teacher mm. of the course, and so have I you. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I've seen oh. it in your case, too, too, Jackie, over the years. It's like uh, you just keep getting better and better, both of you. And oh, uh, I know that uh, sometimes you. you do things together. I, I know you do anything in Toledo where you were brought up in uh, in September. And it's like, wow, I, I'm just uh, really amazed at how good you guys have gotten at teaching the course. And, and it makes me uh, feel really good, you know, just to be part of that and to see it. Well, for heaven's sake, thank you. That's so nice I of you to say. I, like you, Gary, it's just so interesting. I just feel compelled to to spread the message. I, it's so helpful for people. As you know, the feedback you've been getting for years, it's just when something like that is so helpful, I just feel inspired to do it until if I wouldn't feel inspired, you know, but it it is such a joy to, to join with people and spread this message for whoever's ready. Like you said, the course is one way. It's one path, you know, of many, but Boy, we can sure say for those who find it, you'll just never be the same once you learn how to forgive, <laughs> truly forgive the way the Course teaches it, right? That's true. But I That's thank true. you and, for and, that. Uh, I thank you so much for that. <clears throat> well, it, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I think the reason that Arden and Percy kept doing books, and, uh, you know, this will be the fourth one, uh, you know, Your Immortal Reality, Love Has Forgotten No One, it was really to continue and accelerate the forgiveness process in people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we talk about all all kinds of things. But you notice sooner or later, they always bring the conversation back to forgiveness because that's the Holy <laughs> that's Spirit's right. great great teaching aid. And, uh, you know, the subject of the fourth book is really non-duality, which is an important component of forgiveness. But I noticed, uh, and this started with book number three, but especially in book number four, they are really emphasizing the third step in forgiveness. And I think it's very important because a lot of course students don't go far enough with their forgiveness. They don't go all the yes. way with it. Let's uh, go over that. Earlier, perfect. Yeah, when I was mentioning earlier that uh, there's kind of like this thin veil over the truth and that the truth is everywhere. Uh, first of all, we have to remember that heaven, God and his kingdom, isn't a distant thing. You know, like when the Course talks about a journey without distance, you know, heaven is here right now, and we never left. Uh, we're still there. You know, the Course says you're at home in God, dreaming of exile, but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. So when the Course says several things that fit together, it makes that make sense. For example, it says the full awareness of the atonement is that the separation never occurred. Well, it never occurred because we never left. You know, we're still there in heaven, in our natural state, which is uh, pure spirit, exactly the same as God. But we have to remember that the Course says that spirit is not a partial attribute. Uh, Spirit isn't part of it the way that most people think of having an individual soul, which is really just a separation idea. Uh, Real spirit is not a partial attribute. It is all of it, exactly the same as God, Uh, totally unlimited something that can't have a border on it. It's like uh, there's this great uh, page in the English version of the Course, page 447. It's part of the Forgotten Song. Mm-hmm. And there are three there are three paragraphs there that, that describe the vision of the Son of God. And this is what people want to go for in the way that they think about other people. Because the way that they think about other people, I'm not going to get into a, a long discussion as to how the mind works, but there's a very important law of the mind in the Course. As you see him, you will see yourself. You know, so it must be important because then it says, never forget this. You know, and that person, you either find yourself or lose yourself. So in vision, the final step in forgiveness, what we want to do is we want to learn to overlook the body. And I'm not saying that you're not going to see other bodies, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have normal relationships 
uh, with people. I'm just saying that right. in the back of your mind, you know the truth about yes. that person. You learn to overlook the body, and you can think, okay, well, that person may think that they're a body, but I know better. And I know what they really are, and I know where they really are, and where they really are is at home with God in heaven, and what they really are is nothing less than God, uh, not just part of it, but all of it. You know, this immortal being that is totally unlimited, completely innocent, totally worthy of God and his kingdom, because after all, when the Course talks about your natural inheritance, it's talking about nothing less than the kingdom of God, and you don't have to earn it. You know, it was a gift. You know, God gave it to you. And you don't have to do anything to have it except awaken to it. You know, that's the only yes. thing that you have to do. Awaken and the way, to it. Right. And the way that you do that, uh, you know, if the separation from God never occurred, and uh, it says the means of the atonement is forgiveness, and the sole responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. Well, you put those three things together, and what it's saying is that you only have one responsibility in this whole thing, and that is to practice forgiveness. And that's your only responsibility. The Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. You know, the Holy Spirit knows what it's doing, and it's pretty yeah. good at its job. And, and if you yeah. do your job, uh, which is forgiveness, which is all that we're really asked to do, then the Holy Spirit will keep the whole thing together and uh it talks about the course talks about an interlocking chain of forgiveness so the holy spirit knows the script what's going on and my forgiveness is connected to your forgiveness and your forgiveness is connected to everybody else's forgiveness and it all fits together as a plan and it can be a little frustrating for us because we can't see the whole thing you know we we see a little speck of time and space and, and uh the Holy Spirit can see everything. So that's where the development of trust comes in uh, in the Course. You learn to trust the Holy Spirit, uh, not as some blind religious faith, but uh, I think that the Holy Spirit has earned my trust because, man, I've been led to an awful lot of good things that never would have happened if, uh, <laughs> if I didn't listen. Right, and, right. And uh, that's, what, that's what the Course says also. All are called if you choose to listen. You know, you mm-hmm. have to be willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was willing to listen, and besides, I didn't have anything better to do. You know, yeah, you like, you always say that. It's so funny. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the I mean, thing, I, Gary, is that we yeah. the the course says somewhere in there, well, a few times, our the, this willingness. We're just asked to forgive, which means we're asked to recognize that what we're seeing is not true. And that's so challenging at first that as you were explaining so well earlier about the power of the mind is so strong, if we just learn to trust, which is bringing in your other point, these all things fit together, trust the Holy Spirit and choose its strength, that right part of our mind, the miracle part of our mind, the part of our mind where the Holy Spirit is the 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 memory the holy spirit that followed us into the dream the more we keep choosing that that part of the mind takes over and when you said the holy spirit does the larger part of the job boy that's so true i could not even believe my experiences before the course and then after practicing for so many years i tell people it's definitely worth it just keep going. And another good point you said is have it, it's not far away. <laughs> it's, it's right here. We're, we're already home. And you can have that experience where nothing outside of you can affect you. You have that right now. It doesn't come at some future point, right? <laughs> That's true. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of something that uh, Jesus said 2,000 years ago, which you can see in the Gospel of Thomas, uh, the disciples go up to Jesus and we say, you know, when will the kingdom come? And he said, well, the kingdom won't come by watching for it. You know, it won't be said, look over here or look over there. Uh, He said, rather, the kingdom of the Father is spread out upon the earth and people do not see it. Well, it's not that it's not here. People don't see it because it's out of their awareness. You know, it's like uh, you're in bed at night having a, you're in bed at night having a dream and, uh, when you're in that dream, for all intents and purposes, that dream is your reality. 
and you respond to it as if it's real. Your heart might beat harder. You know, uh, you might, uh, you know, toss and turn. It's like it's real for you. But when you wake up, you realize that it wasn't real. You may even be surprised that it wasn't real because it seemed so real. And then you realize that you never left the bed. You were there the right. whole time. It's not that the bed wasn't there. It was just out of your awareness. Right. And that's what, that's what heaven is like. It's not that it's not here. It's because you're having this dream that heaven is out of your awareness. And that's why we need to wake up from the dream and awaken to reality. And that's why I want to emphasize that final part of forgiveness, because I think most course students, uh, they're, you know, they're monitoring their thoughts. And by the way, they should also be monitoring their feelings, because feelings come about as a result of the thoughts that you've been having over a long period of time. Great and point. people are more... They're more likely to act out of their feelings than anything, and people do pretty strange things when they're acting out of their feelings. And, uh, you know, what we need to do is, yes, monitor the thoughts and the feelings, and if you're not feeling comfortable or peaceful, then that's the ego. Uh, you must be making it real. You know, if you're the slightest bit upset or you're annoyed or even starting to get angry, you must be making it real because if you weren't making it real, you wouldn't be upset. So you need to catch yourself. Realize that you're thinking with the ego, stop it, and then you can take the second step in forgiveness, which is really the holy instant, you know, that instant that you choose the right teacher instead of the wrong teacher, because the right teacher, the Holy Spirit, has a totally different story about what's going on, and the Holy Spirit doesn't make it real and says, okay, we can forgive this person because they haven't really done anything. This is your dream, but if you forgive you'll feel better. It's like the Course says, if I forgive, I will see this differently. And then you'll start to relax, and then you can start to realize that you're dreaming. And you can start to get in touch with that awareness of dreaming. Uh, but the third step is something that I don't think that a lot of Course students do. And, uh, you know, they kind of like uh, release that person or whatever, which is fine, but it's more than that. This is where spiritual sight comes in, what my teachers call spiritual sight, what the Course calls vision. And this is where uh, you really want to do this. I hope that everybody who's listening today will do this. Uh, you want to learn while you're having normal relationships with people at some point to overlook the body and realize that what that person is is nothing less than God, all of it. And if it's true that as you see him, you will see yourself, and that is true, then if you think about people that way, of being unlimited, if you think of them the way that the Holy Spirit thinks about them, you know, the Course says uh, about the Holy Spirit, everywhere he looks, he sees himself. You know, the Holy Spirit thinks in terms of oneness. So the Holy Spirit sees spirit everywhere, innocence everywhere, uh, overlooks that thin veil, uh, the earth uh, that appears to be covering over reality, overlooks the body that is uh, covering over the truth about that person. And think about them as being totally unlimited and exactly the same as God. Well, that is how uh, Jesus got in touch with his divinity, was by seeing it everywhere. And you can't make any exceptions to it, because if you do, then it's not oneness, and it's not wholeness. So it has to apply equally to everybody, even those people who you don't like. Uh, you need to <laughs> kind of like forgive it, because you know maybe something else that uh, course students have a hard time understanding is that what they don't like about other people is actually what the Course calls the secret sins and hidden hates that they have about themselves that they have chosen to see in other people out there on the screen, and they're not even real people, according to the Course. They're, uh, they're images. You know, And the Course says at the end of the text, the images you make cannot prevail against what God himself would have you be. So choose once again what you would have him be, knowing that every decision you make will establish your own identity as you will see it and believe that it is. So you're actually establishing your own identity with the way that you see other people. And if they're a body, you're a body. If they're guilty, you're guilty. There's no way around that because of the way that the mind works. As you see him, you will see yourself. But right. if they're this perfect eternal being that is exactly the same as God, then you can't help but send the message to your own mind that that's what you are. So uh, people have the power to reshape you know, how they feel about themselves and even what they believe they are by investing their belief in the right place, which is with God and his kingdom. 
And anybody can make that decision. Uh, you don't have to be a genius. Uh, I never went to college, but there's something more important. You have to want it. <laughs> you know, you have to want it very <laughs> right. badly. You do. Yeah, you know, I love it do. when the course says. Uh, uh, excuse me. I love it when the course says about the words. I want the peace of God. It says that to say these words is nothing, but to mean these words is everything. I, I think you have to really want it in order to have the perseverance that it takes to do it. Very true. So well said, Gary, because the only thing, like, your words don't do it, Jesus' words don't do it, you know, uh, my words or whoever's words, if we follow true forgiveness and look at people the way you said so beautifully, they're not really people. We, We know that forgiveness is really for ourselves not as bodies but the one mind that thinks it's here that's being tricked that it's seeing other bodies and we have taken our awareness and made ourselves believe that we are in a body with an identity seeing other bodies so the more and more you're overlooking the body this is not denial but it's overlooking um, the body in favor of spiritual sight the more that gives you the experience that these words are true. It's the experience, guys, that, that the course is directed to. And then kind of the questions and all the confusion start to disappear, start to fade away. Because as the mind is healed, this unconscious guilt from the seeming original separation is healed with, their, with no guilt to project onto anyone with with no guilt in the mind when do you have a better experience when there's more guilt or less and so that's why this practice i'm so glad you went over the steps and then emphasized for people to go all the way right sometimes it's scary for people to go all the way the ego is saying oh no no don't don't look within don't go back to the mind and choose you're going to be attacked. God's going to annihilate you if you go inward. And so we're wired to stay out there and think that our problems are real out there. But the more and more we do this, like you said, Gary, we have to want it and be vigilant. Our experience will change. And then we're off and running in a, in a whole way that can't even believe until you start to experience it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think the reason that a lot of people stick with things like A Course in Miracles or my books is because it does change their experience. I mean, why else would they stick with it? What motivation would they have? What reason would they have to stay with it? Unless right, exactly. It, uh, made, made them feel more peaceful, made them uh, start to get in touch with their innocence. Uh, and there are very practical ways to tell how you're doing with the Course. Uh, you know, even though the Course says anger is never justified, uh, it doesn't say that you'll never get angry. It just says that right. it's never justified. And, <laughs> right. uh, but the thing is, how long does it last? You know, like if I used to get upset, and it would last a long time. You know, before, especially before I did the course. And uh, there's a difference between being upset for 30 days and being upset for 30 minutes. Oh, because for heaven's that, yeah. That, mm-hmm. You know, that's 30 days of your life that you spent not being upset and spent being peaceful. Instead, and if you're more peaceful, you can think more clearly. You're op- more open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's all kinds of good things that can come from it. I mean, when have you been the most effective in your life? When you are all upset and worried about things, or when you were calm and thinking clearly? And oh, uh, yeah. it's like night and day. Uh, and then there's a difference between being upset for 30 minutes and being upset for 30 seconds which is uh, the point that you can get to, and then in many cases something happens you don't like, and you forgive it, and it's over in one second. You know, right. Uh, it's like you know, it's like when you start playing the piano uh, at first, you're not very good, and you don't sound good, and you're not clear, and you're fumbling all over the place. And then uh, after a few years, you can be very clear, and you're fast, and you're really good at it. Well, this is no different. With practice, uh, you can get very, very good at this. And it takes the desire to do it, the desire to practice. But if you do it, uh, you can be excellent. And uh, you have to want it. But if you want it, you'll practice. And if you practice, you will get good. You know, and that's just the way things work. 
And uh, then there are people who don't think you have to practice or, you know, don't think that, uh, you know, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. I've I've heard people say, oh, the Holy Spirit is passe. Well, uh, no, the Holy Spirit is not passe. (laughs) Really? uh, You're not going to get there without practicing. You know, some people, they just want to skip to the end. You know, they they don't want to do what it takes to get there. They just want to skip to the end and... uh, You know, I don't begrudge them that. If that works for them, I hope it does. But I don't think so. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that we need to. I think we need to practice. And uh, I mean, do we really believe that we're going to be the same as Jesus and Buddha without practicing? Right. And uh, <laughs> people will see in, in the next book the various disciplines that they went through oh, it's and so experienced. Good. Yeah, on their way so to good. becoming Jesus and Buddha. Right. And by the way, these are things that I didn't even know about. I mean, I, I know about uh, the disciplines that are discussed in this book. I studied Buddhism a little bit, but I, I didn't study any of these other things, and mm-hmm. I didn't know about them. That's that's why this was a difficult book for me to write, because I didn't know about these things. There's uh, more storytelling about their lives, you know, these various lifetimes, which I was not used to doing. So uh, this was a, a new and difficult experience for me, too, but it's like that old saying about writing. Uh, you know, I think uh, it was uh, Robert Louis Stevenson who was the first to say, "I hate to write, but I love to have written." Yeah, I love that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. I think of you with that. Well, I wanted to say just because we have a couple minutes left, Gary, that I I I have read it, which you know I've been completely tight-lipped. I can say though to people to anyone listening it's fantastic it is it it just puts everything together you'll see you know when you read it Gary was there anything you wanted to announce before we go um I think the foundation for inner peace yeah go ahead and announce anything well sure uh yeah, a couple of things. First of all, I have an idea when the book comes out, uh, why don't I you know, come back on with you on the blog, blog talk, and we can just take people's questions. You know, we won't Love even, uh, have to talk. We'll just uh, do nothing but questions and answers. That'll be the whole show. We'll and it can be that. about the new. It can be about the new book, but it can be about anything that they want to talk well, about. Did you guys now, all uh, do you that? Mentioned... We're going to do all questions and answers. Yes, go ahead, Gary. So we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, there is a tribute to uh, the Foundation for Inner Peace, the four uh, people who were there first, uh, Helen and Bill, Ken and Judy. It's going to be in Utah, uh, July 14th through 16th. I'll be there. Uh, And uh, I just sent out an announcement about it yesterday. So anybody who gets my email blast uh, will be able to see that, and I put it at Facebook, or they can go to my website, the appearances page, and, uh, you know, get the link but it's going to be a great thing, and it's really to benefit the translation program of the course. You know, it takes uh, 10 years and a lot of work and a lot of expense to translate the course into another language. So this is to raise money for that and to keep it going. And uh, there will be a lot of course teachers there, a lot of students, and oh, I'll be there all, be all weekend. You know, if anybody wants fabulous. to talk to me, you know, if anybody wants to talk to me, I'll be happy to answer their questions. And uh, people can see always where I'm appearing or where Cindy and I are appearing together. And uh, also where you and Cindy are, are appearing together. They go to the appearances page at my website, GaryRenard.com. Uh, that's always there. They can always find out uh, what we're up to. And uh, I'm just really excited about the new book. I'm excited about our retreat in Hawaii in August. Uh, there, there's information at the website about that. But we're always up to something. I just spent two and a half months traveling, and it was wild. <laughs> I know but, you uh, did. Oh my heavens! <laughs> it was great, though. You know, uh, I'm, I'm always gratified uh, by the people. And you know, when I first started this, I wasn't what you would call a people person. But uh, what happened was something that I never would have expected. I actually ended up enjoying it. <laughs> I, I know up, you did, uh, bro. You you love it, and they love you, and we love you. And we've got about 30 seconds, and I, I just wanted to thank you so very much. And I hope everyone heard that, 
that we're going to do a question and answer show solely. Um, Gary's so good and, and generous about asking questions. I'm sorry we didn't get to that today for this. Just wanted to put the information out there, but do, do not despair. We will have that. And Gary, love you so much. And I thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon, right? <laughs> okay. Love you too, Jackie. We'll see you. Okay. Love you. Bye. And everyone, I'm going to tell you to be well, be kind to one another, blessings, and I will look forward to seeing you this Thursday. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.